Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. edition. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am going to be recapping a Detroit Piston blowout. The Lakers beat the crap out of Detroit Pistons. The final score doesn't really, you know, show that. Kind of messed around there in the fourth quarter a little bit, but that was the game was never particularly close. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Spencer Dinwiddie's debut and what he brings on um, both sides of the court. We are going to be talking about a starting unit that is now undefeated 5-0 since it first came together. And then uh, Mark Stein, I would have addressed this yesterday, but I, uh, you guys can still probably hear it a little bit in my voice. I drank a whole bunch of hot tea while I was watching that game on All Access Lakers, and it uh, it helped a little bit, but you know we'll see how long I'm able to go for here. But I would have uh, I would have addressed those rumors yesterday. Have to address them today. Uh, give you a little bit of what I know, a little bit of what I've given you already, um, and tie it all together. So let's get to it. Final score from the Crypto.com Arena. Spencer Dinwiddie's uh, been his favorite arena now for a little bit since the name change. Now it officially is uh, one twenty five to one eleven. The Lakers beat the Detroit Pistons to move to 29 and 26. The Detroit Pistons fall to 8 and 45. Uh, Anthony Davis, I thought, was the best player on the court. 20 points, 14 boards, four assists, six blocks, was a plus 12 on the night. Six of 12 from the field, one of three from three point range, seven of seven from the free throw line. Uh, LeBron also not bad. 25 points, eight boards, um, plus nine, nine of 15 from the field, three of six from three point range. D'Angelo Russell, 21 points. Like, look at this, like, like the starting group, right? AD, 20 points. Rui Hachimura, 15 points. LeBron, 25. Russell, 21. Reeves, 15. Reeves, by the way, a game high, plus 25 on the night. Um, that is a starting unit that is, uh, you know, playing well together, really seems to enjoy playing well together. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, but it was nice that, um, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie gets to basically 
ease on into being a Laker, ease on into those concepts that he learned over the weekend. Um, I thought you saw him do a little bit of overpassing, which led to some of the turnover issues that he doesn't normally deal with, uh, but did here tonight. So you had that going on. Um, the shooting, I also thought was going to be a little bit shaky because of the situation and because just generally speaking, he's a pretty streaky shooter. Um, but yeah, I think overall, this was a nice win for a Laker team that, you know, now you're going to go in the second night of a back-to-back. Wouldn't be surprised if LeBron sat. Wouldn't be surprised if AD sat and the Lakers just kind of see what they can do against a Utah team that hasn't been playing very well since the deadline and since their organization said that they are done competing this year. Um, not not sourced on that. I'm going to, you know, not, not breaking any news here. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me, though, if those guys sat and the Lakers uh, went into Utah tomorrow a little shorthanded and try to go into the all-star break as healthy as possible. So this win was big. I was hoping that LeBron and AD wouldn't have to play as many minutes. LeBron did finish at only 31. AD only finished at 28. But it would it would have been nice for the Lakers to take care of business enough that those guys, uh, especially LeBron, wouldn't have had to. Uh, wow, I sounded really Canadian. Those guys, uh, I was really hoping that those guys wouldn't be able to, uh, wouldn't have to play there in the fourth quarter. Um, but you know what, whatever a win is a win is a win. And let's just get into the, the, uh, tra- to the all-star break as healthy as possible and, uh, see what the team looks like from there on, on the Detroit side, Jaden Ivy looks really good. Uh, Cade Cunningham looks all right in, in some spots. It's just like a really depressing situation there in Detroit. And, uh, I just feel bad for for Detroit fans, man. It's just how long is this going to continue where Monty Williams doesn't appear to be very good at his job and their general manager doesn't appear to be very good at his job either. It's just kind of a mess. Um, hope things do eventually improve for a Detroit Pistons team that that city really wants to get behind but hasn't been able to because they've sucked for a really long time. All right, uh, let's talk about Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, In this one, 31 minutes, they really wanted to get him involved. Um, He scored six points, dished out seven assists, did have four turnovers, which, like I said, that's normally not something he does a ton of, is turn the ball over. And I think some of the overpassing and not really understanding where teammates are going to be played a role there. Only two of six from the floor, one of five from three-point range. So... I didn't really look all that comfortable there. I didn't anticipate he would, especially with his first game being at home, being a Laker at home. It's nice that they played the Detroit Pistons because the game like really quickly didn't really have any stakes attached to it. So I think that really helped. But yeah, I, I, I thought, you know, you saw a lot of what the Lakers are hoping that he's going to be able to bring to the table here where, uh offensively he's another uh ball handler he's another creator he is um i think the lakers best driver now in terms of uh just taking guys off of the dribble um you could put lebron there because lebron is so strong but 
Dinwiddie is is so good at piercing the defense without needing a screen, and that's something the Lakers just haven't had all season. So that was nice to be able to see that um, back in the uh, back on the court tonight. Excuse me. Good lord. I also thought defensively, um, he shoot he showed a couple things over the course of the game that make me kind of intrigued. Um, I always look for smart offensive players to at least be like cognizant defensive players. And I think Dinwiddie really has a good understanding of angles and passing angles. And the hope here is that he's able to apply some of his understanding of those passing angles to kind of limit what the other team is going to try to do. If you know which angles you try to take advantage of, you should also be able to know which angles the defense is going to try to take advantage of and place yourself in those spots where you halt those angles. And I thought Dinwiddie did that a couple times. D'Angelo Russell actually has been doing that really well this year. Um, and and I think uh, that's something that, you know, I don't think those guys are ever going to be good defenders. But if you just, you know, throw enough mud or throw enough gum into the other offense's machine – then you know you're, you're you're doing your job, and you allow Anthony Davis, and you allow LeBron, and when he's healthy, Jared Vanderbilt, and and Max Christie, and the other good defenders on this roster, Cam Reddish, um, to an extent, Torian Prince, um, just just don't f it up for everybody else defensively. And I think that uh, it, you know, depending on the lineups that you have him out there with, I think Dinwiddie should be able to at least do that, at least not hurt you too bad. Um, you know, while he's out there defensively, I, uh, I like this number here, Adam Hurley saying, uh, Dinwiddie should actually only get about 20 minutes a game, but I like him. Yeah. And, and I'm, I've been asking around, I haven't been able to, to, um, get this definitively either way, whether the Lakers promised him a certain role or promised him a certain number of minutes. Um, I haven't heard that quite yet necessarily um for the most part i've heard basically that that the uh that it isn't necessarily the case but i i i've also heard some people like say you know why else do you think he would have come so as i learn more about that i will let you guys know but if he is able to play about 20 minutes a night or so and is able to you know um learn to impact the game in smaller windows while he's on the court then I think the signing makes a whole bunch. Of, I think the signing makes a whole bunch of sense in, in uh, you know, a variety of ways. I the people who are saying like I don't understand this. Why did you go out and get this guy? This guy is so much more talented than your typical buyout player. And the Lakers needed a talent injection, especially at that position, because there is some concern uh, about whether Gabe returns and the type of player that he would be upon his return. Remember, he got knee surgery in the same season, so. I don't understand the consternation from anybody on the signing. I think it's a very good signing. And I think the Lakers did a very good, Rob Polinka did a very good job in selling Dinwiddie on going to the Lakers instead of the Mavericks. And um, I, I think the, you know, the, the, the thing to take away from in watching him out there tonight is at no point, basically over the course of 48 minutes, are the Lakers not going to have at least two, really creative uh, basketball players out there on the court. 
And, you know, whether that's D'Angelo Russell, whether it's Austin Reeves, whether it's Spencer, whether it's LeBron, hell, you could even, you could even say that regarding uh, Anthony Davis, uh, given the way that he's passing the ball now. <clears throat> the Lakers, I think, are, are, you know, kind of quietly a very offensively capable team. And that doesn't mean to say that you want to go full like Sacramento Kings or Phoenix Suns, where you're just trying to outscore teams. I think the Lakers are going to have to defend better than those teams are. I, I mean, shoot, that's why I don't necessarily believe in those teams come playoff time is because the defense, I think, is eventually going to be a problem. But um, when when Spencer was out there tonight, I thought the offense made a whole bunch of sense. I thought his reads were a little behind because this is the first time that he's doing that in a live setting. So that wasn't necessarily surprising. And then the shooting, right, is going to come and go. Um, I think one thing it, that the Lakers are going to have to find a way to do as quickly as possible is get him to identify certain spots on the court that he knows that he should be ready to pull the trigger quickly at um, beyond just the corners, right? Everybody knows you aren't going to do too, too much dribbling coming out of the corners. If you have an opening in the corner, you're going to fire up the corner three, but you know, slightly above the break and all of that stuff, like, you know, when to have your hands ready, when to have your feet ready, and when to be ready to hop into a three whenever that time comes. That's going to be something that the Lakers, I think, should really work with Dinwiddie on and try to find a balance of being able to impact the game, uh, whether he has the ball or not. But for a first game, kind of to be expected, didn't exactly blow the doors open in, in any real way, like some of his skip passes um, in, in, uh, in, in the pick and roll i thought some of that stuff looked really good overall a perfectly fine game for for spencer dinwiddie and uh i i really like this signing for them and i really like um the process that went into well i didn't like the process that led to it right because the process that led to it was not doing anything a deadline and being desperate come buyout time but being able to convince this guy to go there Finding a role for him and all of those things, I think the Lakers deserve a ton of credit for getting that done and and really adding in a much-needed injection of talent into this roster, given all the injuries. <clears throat> the next thing on the docket here is the starting unit, right? Uh, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, LeBron, and AD. Uh, they are 5-0 and collectively um, since they started playing together in that in that group. Uh, and I, I don't think it's a coincidence, right? The Lakers all season, as I've been reporting all season have really wanted to get out there together. Those six guys have really wanted to spend more time together on the court and, um, have been frustrated at the fact that the, the at five of those six guys haven't been starting all season. And I don't think it, you know, it, it doesn't exactly shock me that the Lakers appear to be a lot more engaged with those five guys out there on the court together. Um, I, I really enjoy the way that, that uh, you know, they are using Rui in those lineups. He's not just running corner to corner in those groups. Um, he's doing a lot more cutting. He's doing more post-ups and, and, and post-ups, <laughs> post-ups. Um, I, I really like, you know, the way that, that they're using him. And I think it allows him to get into more of a rhythm and impact the game more consistently than he was when 
you know, he was just kind of floating around. His was his role and rotation minutes were just kind of up in the air. This is a really good Rui Hachimura that we're watching here. And, and again, I know people are going to say, well, it's the Detroit Pistons. Who cares? Blah, blah, blah. Um, there's an alternative when you're playing the Detroit, the, the, a, a bad team like the Detroit Pistons are. Like, you can play with your food and win ugly or lose a dumb one. Like, there are, are and we've seen this Lakers team all season mess around and find out, right? And it was great to see the Lakers um, put this one away relatively early, right? Get Jump out to a double-digit lead. And yeah, like, sometimes it got a little closer than you would like. And they never really fully blew them out, right? Never really jumped up to, like, a 30-point lead or anything like that. Howard around 20, and then you you kind of, um, you know, bled a few points there at the very end. But uh, I thought I think that you know this this starting five um, was good in the in the playoffs last year. It was it's a unit that makes a lot of sense um, against certain lineups, right? I'm a little nervous about the lack of foot speed on the perimeter, um, and and the point of attack at defense makes me a little nervous. But if you're able to go down and on the other end of the court, just beat the shit out of the team that you're playing um, and make up for some of that lack of foot speed, then, you know, it makes a little bit of sense. So this group and and also I would also add, like, in terms of the vibes surrounding this team right now, I think you got you got a, a vibe improvement when these guys started starting together. And then on top of that, I think when you add Spencer Dinwiddie to this group, and they see, oh, hell yeah, we got reinforcements are here. We, the, the injection of talent that we were kind of sort of hoping for actually came through. And, and I think Dinwiddie's going to be a, a, a good contributor, a consistent contributor here to this Lakers team. And I think you combine all of that stuff. And, and in that first quarter, the Lakers were doing showtime stuff. They were getting out in transition and they were really attacking the basket and, um, Anthony Davis was just swallowing up everything and coming anywhere near the rim. I, I, this is a, this is a fun brand of basketball that they're playing here. And I think that you can trace a lot of that joy, right? The joie de vivre, as I, as I said with Aaron the other day, and he didn't believe was an actual thing. You can trace a lot of that back to these guys getting out there on the court together and, and, um, you know, having full belief in themselves and feeling full belief from the coaching staff. This is going to be a, a relatively shorter episode of the lowdown. Apologies for the way that I sound. Uh, Avery is back at preschool and it's a Petri dish. Ask anybody who has kids and they will tell you, it's like these kids just sit there all day and lick each other, like find germs on the playground and, and, and like, you know, adults wine test kids germ test like that's essentially what goes on there um all right this is a a perfectly good segue into the final segment the final topic here justin saying uh justin tyndall writing please know on trey young atlanta's last seven games 129 to 120 141 to 134 149 to 144 125 to 117 127 to 121 122 to 113 136 to 126 that's pickup ball, not winning basketball. Trey Young is an inefficient player, hard pass. So I'm going to be honest. I've never been the biggest Trey Young fan. Um, 
I think there's a lot of trick or treat to his game. I think a, I, I think he's a, a, a much better regular season player than he is a postseason player. Uh, you know, not to say that he hasn't had postseason moments. He ripped the Knicks' heart out, hearts out um, in that one series and was great at, in Madison Square Garden. Uh, I think reached a, a an Eastern Conference Final and all of that stuff. But um, I I've just heard too much of the way that the guy operates in his camp that I don't really want to add that to this Lakers uh, team and, and this Lakers culture that they're trying to build on. I do think you would get a little bit less of that stuff with him not being like the guy. Um, if he, if the Lakers were to somehow trade for him this summer and, and bring him in to a LeBron James organization or bring him into an Anthony Davis organization. Um, now that said, like we said the same stuff about Russell Westbrook and it never really seemed to make too much sense and never really fit culturally between Russ and LeBron. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm starting with like my own thoughts on this. I'm not really a big Trey Young guy. I like the idea of building through depth and I don't think there are very many examples recently. Um, and we'll see what it looks like with, with uh, Phoenix here and, and the season that they put together. But I don't think there are too many examples of teams turning depth into another superstar and having it really work out for that organization. I think those the times that it has worked out are more the outlier than the rule. And yeah, I, I, that's not really what I would prefer to do. It is, however, something that the Lakers, as I've been reporting for a month now, maybe even longer than a month at this point, um, going into the uh, trade deadline, I wrote about that as a possibility not just because it was a possibility from like my own analysis of, of, of what they could possibly do. But um, I'm going to try to, let's see, yeah, here we go. So um, I'm going to pull up the post and I'll go ahead and I think it's available for everybody to read. If you guys want to read it or subscribe to the pot or Substack, you guys are more than welcome to, but I, um, Here's what I wrote about uh, the option that the Lakers have here. So uh, I know some fans would see the scenario as more like folding, but it's worth discussing because I've been told by multiple sources this is something the Lakers are seriously considering. If the Lakers are able to add to their roster without moving that 29 first rounder, they can have as many as three to work with on draft night this summer. On draft night, the New Orleans Pelicans will make a decision on which of the picks the Lakers will be surrendering to them as part of the Anthony Davis trade that feels like roughly 53 lifetimes ago. If New Orleans chooses the 24 first, then the Lakers could draft that player for New Orleans and then have 25, 28, and 30 uh, to move this summer. Should New Orleans put it off again, the Lakers could package um, 24, 28, 29, and 30, 31. Um, and, and I go on with more analysis of the situation there. But... Um, so that, that I wrote back on January 18th. So almost exactly a month ago. Um, and over the course of the trade deadline, as prices became clearer, um, I kept reporting that it became more and more likely a scenario and one that you were going to hear more about as you got closer to the deadline. And guess what happened, right? Those prices didn't, didn't necessarily drop as much as the Lakers would have liked them to on their targets. 
And over the course of the deadline, you kept hearing more and more and more about how the Lakers would like to hold on to the 2029 draft pick to be able to move as many as three in the upcoming summer. I reported and talked about that stuff well before everybody else. Like that was something that I was on to well before everybody else in a way that even Aaron was like, what? Like how? So um, that is something that the Lakers obviously wound up that that is a path that they wound up pursuing at the time. When I first talked about it with Aaron, I mentioned Donovan Mitchell. His name has come up since. And and now uh, I have also I had also mentioned at that time, Trey Young. Um, and now not only has his name come up as it pertains to somebody that the Lakers would be interested in trading for, but now we're also hearing um, via Mark Stein, former Cal State forwards and Titan, um, uh, Mark Stein, um, that he, uh, teams around the league are kind of wondering if the Atlanta Hawks would actually move Trey Young this offseason instead of DeJounte Murray. Um, if they do choose to break up that backcourt. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of noise here. There's a lot of smoke. And when there's smoke, there is fire. Um, now, people are willing to, you know, people are, 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 are right to wonder if the Lakers with only three first-round picks and a potential unwillingness to move Austin Reeves um, would be able to really compete with some of the other offers for some of these guys. Also fair. Um, I think no matter which star the Lakers pursue this summer, they're going to need some help from that star forcing their way to the Lakers because the Lakers are only going to have those three picks. And those three picks are, especially if they land a younger star, are not going to be as valuable as as they may have been, um, you know, when the Lakers were were looking to add more depth with those, with those picks. So uh, I, I do think there's a lot that's going into this. And I do think, you know, it's it, you know, over the course of the season, of the rest of the season, it's worth keeping an eye on Atlanta to see how things are going there. Um, it's going to be worth keeping an eye on them, certainly in this upcoming offseason. But I think there's going to be plenty of options um, on the market in the, whether it's pursuing stars. I think like right now, basically, it's Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young are like the two stars that, you know, people are kind of talking and wondering about around the league. And then you never know who winds up available um, and surprises people in that, you know, in that upcoming, in this upcoming summer, you always have somebody like that pop up as well. The Lakers um, I'm, uh, I'm also told have considered some of like that, that like, you know, just upgrade your depth path where, you turn some of the guys that the Lakers have right now who are a little less proven into more proven role players using some of those, um, some of that draft capital. That's something that, that the Lakers have considered as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think that the Trey young noise is, is already at like slightly above inside voice. Um, it is now a league league wide conversation and we will see kind of where it goes uh, from there. But but it is certainly something that, to keep an eye on. And it's something that I'm sure we're going to keep coming back to, um, especially if, if Atlanta, you know, slides and, and, and doesn't, you know, live up to expectations of an ownership group that I think is pretty sick of paying as much as they are for a team that is mediocre at best. 
All right, I am going to answer uh, one more little comment here. Laker Sean, I find TP less annoying when he scores eight points in 23 minutes instead of um, when he was averaging nine points in 30. Yeah, I look, I, I've always said that um, Torian Prince can be a, a very useful player if he is used in, uh, you know, sparser servings, right? It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like cumin, the spice, right? A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of people really like using it in Cajun stuff, but it can dominate a dish, you know, and it can really F up a dish if you use just too much of it. And, and I think Torian Prince, uh, you know, cumin does have a nice smoky flavor to it when it's used properly. And I think, um, I think, you know, Torian can be a nice, useful player when he, when he's used properly, but when you use him a little bit too much, um, and you notice that he's out there just a little too much, you are very, you, you're, you're going to notice it and, and it's not going to taste good. Um, that, that this isn't going to taste very good, especially if he's sending awful tweets in the way that he did earlier today. Uh, I'm not going to go into that one. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I agree completely with Laker Sean though, that when used properly, that he makes a lot more sense. And uh, I don't find myself so frustrated every moment that he's out there. All right. That is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers lounge. Um, we have a game just turn right around tomorrow lakers play in utah tomorrow so hopefully my voice will get a little bit better by then and uh we will recap it right here in the lounge as well check me out on all access lakers and hopefully we get sent into the all-star break with a nice little bit of momentum and uh fully healthy what matters way more to me even than a win against utah tomorrow is is just getting out of this first half of the season as healthy as you possibly can so until the next time you guys hear from me that being tomorrow. I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's and I will talk to you tomorrow. Please hit the subscribe button right now. Everywhere that you get your pods or videos right there. <laughs>